What's going on, everybody? We'd like to welcome you to another episode of Crown Conversation, the podcast. This is your host, AJ. Well, shit, I was unprepared, motherfucker. <laughs> I said I'm hit record. <laughs> it's Kayla. Choo-choo. Hey. I just took a shot. Ooh. It's Jenna. Hey, y'all. We have a legend in the building tonight, y'all. We got the legend. Wow. What's happening, everybody? It's Eli. <laughs> Eli uh, Presidente. Okay, then. <laughs> Forever learning. Why y'all like this? <laughs> Why y'all? Like this? So y'all. But wait, hold on. Let me let me just say that Eli is our um correspondent. Political analyst. And political analyst correspondent. So whenever shot you taker. So whenever you hear Eli, just know we're gonna have a some political segments. But before we get into political segments, we are going to talk about us coming off the heel of our successful weekend. Let's we, talk about it. That's what we is gonna talk about. Let's talk about it. That's what God we is it. gonna talk about right now. God damn it. Let's Clap it up for Crown Conversation, the yes, motherfucking podcast yes. in this bitch. Let's go. So. Let's thank everybody. Eli, I don't even know why you got up from the table. Because we starting off with Friday night, so you might as well just. No, yeah, you need to sit your black ass, ass down. down. So we, we're not going to get into detail because I don't want it to be a whole melee, but Come we are going to talk about Friday night TMZ at Opium. Tom. And we got a fly on the wall here to Jaleesa. I felt. Hey, Jaleesa, girl. Hey, baby girl. Hey, Jaleesa, girl. What's good, baby girl? <laughs> but no, I felt so bad about Friday because usually, you know, whatever I record, I don't have a close friends on my Instagram. So it whatever, goes to our phones usually. Yeah, but you what, send it to us. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, whatever I record, I don't be thinking it'd be a big deal, you know. So I'm just thinking whatever, whatever. Shit got crazy in the club. I'm thinking everything copacetic. I'm getting hit up the next morning. Y'all, y'all, y'all crazy. Hey, where the footage? I'm like, what the fuck? And then, and then niggas is talking about, oh, you TMZ tone. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, I did not mean to put my brother out there like that. Like, I, I don't like ever like to put nobody in compromised positions. And your other brothers <laughs> came to me and they was like, hey, any other footage you got, send it to us. We'll oh, keep it in the group. Prince. Prince of the, I was like, no. <laughs> One thing that must mean when they all go travel, it's Eli getting all the footage, having a black. No, apparently Eli be having a good ass time. But he is always you're it's, always. It's very good time. on brand though, so I don't know why it was such a big deal. I didn't think it was that serious. No, sometimes I have to run from Eli because I know Eli will get me drunk, so I just have to be like, no, nah, I don't feel like hanging out. He's a good time. It's only, always good to have somebody that's a good time. Yeah, the only and reason why he has left me alone since what 2012 because I got pregnant. So Eli, do, Eli, do, Eli, do you, you a fucking little bitch? I mean, nigga, my bad. Eli, do you have anything to say? Or do you feel like it was too much? Like, no comment. There we go. Good job. Good job. He's absolutely fucking annoying, and you and you clapping too hard because I'm about to put you on the spot. No, so I'm, relax. Me and Antonio, I'm gonna put no, I'm gonna put Jalisa on the spot, baby. I saw Jalisa doing them uh, the dancing. Let me no, tell you it wasn't even the splits. It was the dancing on the Let couch me say, for me. Me and, me and Jaleesa hella close. We've been tight for over 10 years. I said, Jaleesa, I didn't know you could do split. She said, neither could I. <laughs> <laughs> so she would just, she was it's some of that juice. It was some of that juice Friday that night. <laughs> but no, we're not allowed back in opium. <laughs> so, they lost. So that's sweet. <laughs> that's opium. <laughs> Who's next? Who's next? <laughs> Gold room. Go, go, go. Nah, if y'all get kicked out of gold room, y'all doing some serious damn damage. Just tell you that shit right now. Uh, okay, so Friday off of Friday, was it was our kickoff to our 1887 experience day party that we had the next day. Um, it was very successful. I do want to take this like the opportunity before we get into the episode, and I forget. I want to thank everybody who genuinely supported us, bought tickets. I want to thank everybody who... We sold, sold out, sold out. sold out now, um, but I do want to thank everybody who, you know, came, flew in, bought hotels, like, it's just very humbling to know that people really, like, fuck with me and fuck with us that heavy to not only spend money on tickets, but to spend money on lodging and airfare, and people, some people even drove, like, 
eight hours from like Lauderdale and stuff like that just to party with us. So, you know, I really truly do appreciate all of the support. We appreciate the support. Like without y'all, there truly is no us. And I'm being as genuine as possible and being humbled as possible because it really meant a lot. Like you just never know when you are planning these events or, you know, throwing out these ideas, how people are going to perceive it or receive it. So it was just good to, first of all, sell out and then just be amongst the family. Like, we're just in a different time right now, so it's just good that we were all able to celebrate and be together. One thing I will say and speak on, I'm going to touch on it and just let it go, but I did not personally appreciate some of the shade that was being thrown toward us because I just felt like it was just very unnecessary because we, for one, aren't trying to be party promoters. That's number one. So what we were doing was just trying to have an event just for everybody to enjoy. So for the family, so it was unnecessary shade being coming from us, from people that we know and people that we don't know, like from other fledgling podcasts and stuff like that. Like it was just crazy. So I really just well, wish, I, I just wish everybody would have been able to receive the event for what it was. And that's it. I appreciated it. Of course, of course you did. I, <laughs> I hope so. I fucking loved it. I, I hope so. I'm going to tell you why I loved every damn little bit of it. Because when you have people throwing shade at you, that means you're doing something great, darling. And we did a great job, sweetie. I hope everybody so enjoyed it. So it's not even no reason to be doing no damn public service announcement for no motherfuckers like that. Because at the next party, they're going to be there. <laughs> next. <laughs> gavel. Somebody give me a gavel. Thank you. So, and the people that said they weren't coming was there, too, so... And that's fine. That's, that's what I'm that. saying. You gotta, you have to love everybody and just be like, oh, okay, cool. Kumbaya. But well, yeah. And next time we'll make sure we have tables with names on them. Okay. All right. Ouch. All right. So, <laughs> thank you guys. At the end of this, thank you to everybody who showed us genuine love, and we'll continue to give genuine love to those who continue to support us. <laughs> we had so um, much fun. We had so much we fun. So, no, we no, really. We I, turned that bitch into the silk. No, I literally. Literally had see, to take. See, y'all, Eli come two, to bring alcohol. I had to take two mean? days to recuperate. I'm after still that. recuperating. Let me tell y'all, I'm still tired. I don't know if it was just because we was running around and having fun, and we seen so many people, and we danced and mm. we hugged and we talked shit. It was such good vibe. I mean, my like when I my niggas from 2008 fan class of 08, they held my ass down. Like niggas can't like. Anthony Beasley, my homegirl Tierra, like them is my day one niggas that I met at fan when I was 18 hey, years old. People love Tierra now. <laughs> she a that, hidden gym that now. Was the, uh, that was the uh, 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 little baby with the two uh, with Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It was two for two. Baby. Hey, friend. Everybody love Tierra. I don't, even, I don't even go that way, but baby. Hey, friend. What way you go? You know what you have. Don't play with Listen. me, Tierra. Tierra, you can come visit us at any time. Anytime. Kier, we can use to the curb, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, we still. See, we got the Tierra. Hey, Kier. Yeah. Hey, Kier. Yeah. No, I Thank had my day ones there, too. Yeah, everybody had their day ones there. And it's just such a good feeling to have, like, genuine support. Like, I literally love that. Um, so, thank y'all again. People keep asking if we're going to do another event. We Next will, year. just not in 2020. We might make it like an annual thing. We're we we trying to like we're trying to work so out we trying to work out the logistics yeah. of the 1887 Shout experience. Shout out to our DJ. Shout out to our DJ. Shout out to our bartender. Shout out to Kwanisha with the photo booth. Yeah. Shout out to Shakir, our videographer. Yeah. He he is so fucking bomb. Professional turnaround time. Our crazy. Decorator. Everybody. Everybody. Um, shout out to the honorary to bartender, me and Malcolm. Yes. Security. Oh, our security guard. We had security. We official because we had an, a security guard. Yeah. A real security oh, and guard. shout out to our door girl, Tuki Daily. Yeah, Tuki. Love Tuki. She held it down. So, yeah, so thank y'all again. Um, so Shout out to, to Brandon because he held it down too. Shout Yo, out to the Brandon. in-house yeah, Brandon. Yeah, stylist. Brandon, Brandon a real shout nigga. Shout out to Byron because he got a real nigga. Right. Yeah, I love no, Brandon. Yeah. Straight up and now. Brandon, hey. Byron, hey. We love y'all. <laughs> so, on to the next thing. As he pours his shot. As I pour my shot, we're going to get into some motherfucking things tonight. You got no Tori, Tori and Megan. Tori and Megan. Yeah. Tori has been char officially charged for the crime that he committed against What's Megan Thee Stallion, charges? and he is facing up to 22 years in prison if convicted. I'm going to need niggas to keep that same energy because niggas was all in my face like, Tori, yeah. he's got an album People out. People quiet now. He, he have no gun residue. He da-da-da-da. Where's that? 
It's real quiet on the set. Where is it at? Niggas always talking about, oh, it's two signs to every story. Face-ass niggas. Niggas be, yo, niggas will find any excuse for a celebrity, and, and, and it's sickening. And when it comes to black women, it's trash. So now y'all got y'all proof. That nigga really did shoot her, and he probably going to go to jail. I feel like he's going to go to jail. I don't think he's going to jail. He's not going to go to jail either. for 22 years. He's not going to get jail. some time, though. He's not, no, he's not. No, he gonna accept the plate and get that. Let's put some money on it. I can put money on it. Let's do it. If y'all want to place the bet with us, if my shit right, I can put money on it. I don't know how long I got. Oh shit! (laughs) (laughs) Free bands. But I put twenty dollars on. But that's crazy though. Like that he like. I, the first time I heard about the story, y'all know we got on here and we talked about it. And I said, I know the nigga shot Yeah, him. no, he going to get probation. I, I give him, like, I think they're going to give him probably, like, two years probation. But he going to get probation. He's not going to jail. Because he going to lawyer the fuck up. And that's going to be that. It's at least, he's gotten Bingo. three charges, though. I don't give a damn. He had 10. He going to okay. lawyer the fuck up. Okay. And get up out of there with probation. Okay. he really got to beat is the gun charge. Now, if it's a licensed gun, It's not. It was unregistered. Mm-hmm. Well, nope. I said this. I said this. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. If this is New York, if this is, if this is New York, he would have to sit because New York is really strict about their gun laws. I don't know how it is in California. California. So they might be a little bit more lax. If this is New York, oh, he was going to sit. They made Lil Wayne sit. Mm. Wow, Lil yeah. Wayne sit a yeah. whole year yeah. of that gun charge. This is New York, you're going to sit. In California, you might you don't know. I don't know. I don't know the gun law. Okay, but I just wanted to talk about that just so the. There's two sides to every story niggas can know. Y'all look fucking stupid. Like, cut the shit. Hold y'all niggas accountable. What you got to say, Kayla? Because you rolling your eyes. I just, everybody quiet. All the two-sided niggas quiet. (laughs) All the men, you know, she lying, they quiet. Everybody quiet. Everybody that was talking all that shit on Twitter, wanted to argue, wanted to have think pieces, quiet as fuck. <laughs> and it's annoying because we was right a long time ago. He did it. It was different. Now, if he had no charges, we'd be like, all right, you know, people was drunk. But you don't get drunk and just shoot nobody in the foot. You might want to, but you don't do it. Right. It's some more to that story. <laughs> Eli and these fucking chips. That's my bad. My bad. <laughs> I'm the snack lady. Eli done right. went from the airheads to the Chipotle bowl to these chips. So, we'll go ahead and get into the main topic, main seg, not main segue, my goodness, the main topic of the night. So, we really wanted to just talk about the vice presidential debate between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Damn, I forgot his name. I'm sorry. (laughs) And Mike Pence last night. She, so, Eli, I'll let you step up to the plate. Analyze, did you, you watched it, of course. Analyze it for us and give us your opinion on the debate. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of, like, the Republican strategy, what they've been doing is trying to paint Biden and Kamala Harris as, like, these radical, like, left people, but that's not who neither one of them are. Both of them are really pretty moderate, neoliberal Democrats. So they keep coming up like, oh, they want – the thing that kills me is that people are like, oh, they want free health care. Like, free health care is a bad thing. Like – all the things that they keep dinging them with, they're making it sound like these are just these horrendous things. Like, oh my God, they want free health care. Oh my God, they wanna they wanna hold the police accountable. Oh my God, they wanna stop fracking because fracking is destroying our environment and all this other shit. Like all the shit that they name that they wanna stop doing, it's just basic, simple shit that folks have been asking for that are logical and that makes sense. But this fan, this uh, this base doesn't believe in logic. They they are hell bent on voting against their own interests. And it's crazy to me to see how strong whiteness is. Like, that's what this that's what this is really down about. Like, white supremacy. Like, the fight for white supremacy is at an all-time high. And people are willing to literally die for it. Right? Like, people are dying going against the coronavirus for no reason. Herman Cain. Right? Like, all you black folks who pro-Trump when you die, they gonna. I ain't seen no Mitchell Herman came not once. They ain't heard. They ain't Mitchell Herman came not once. Dog. He died on that field like a soldier, and they ain't mentioned that Negro once. Just Trump nigga. ain't mentioned. Pence ain't mentioned them. Ain't none of them. So all you niggas around here, Trumping, talking about y'all going against the grain. Are you my nigga? Are you my nigga? It's other ways that you could die. But if that's how you, if that's the hill you want to die on, my nigga, by all means, do what you want to do, cause that's that's how you living. 
But that whole debate, like, it wasn't, in my opinion, that different between them and Trump. They're a little bit more civil, mm-hmm. right? But even still, Pence was cutting her off. Like, she had to keep telling him, like, I'm speaking. Like, they all had to. It was the same strategy as Trump. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them. I mean, Kamala answered a little bit more questions than I think Pence did. Pence didn't answer one fucking question. Not a one. He was like, sir, is the sky blue? And he'd be like, well, let me tell you about taxes. Nigga, we talking about the color of the sky right now. Right. Every single time, he just stayed to his talking points. So it was like, we're not going to get anything worse of substance in any of these debates. Mm-hmm. If anything, these debates just raise your anxiety. Because I know after the first debate, my anxiety was up. Mm-hmm. And my anxiety is still up after this, this VP debate. No answers were given. It was just a lot of show. Like, it's all the theatrics. It feels like a reality show. It feels like we're in a bad reality show, and this motherfucker will not end. It feels like continuous. So that's pretty much my spill on the debate. Like, it was a little bit better than the presidential debate, but the presidential mm-hmm. debate was literally the floor. You couldn't go any lower yeah. than that. Like, you would have had to literally get butt-ass naked for you <laughs> to go lower than what they did on that first debate, right? Yeah. So, yes, that debate was more civil, but I don't think it did anything to put folks at ease in terms of the direction of this country. Mm-hmm. And then Kamala was having to do, you know, the split where every single time they was asking, like, well, are you for free health care? And then she'd be like, well, you know, it didn't say that. Are you for a new Green Deal? Well, you know, we... Right, like so, mm-hmm. all of the issues that she should have stood strongly on, because they're still trying to appeal to the quote unquote undecided voter. And I'm one of these people where there is no undecided vote. Motherfuckers know who they voting for. It's motherfuckers that just don't want to come out and say I'm voting for Trump, so mm-hmm. they keep going. Well, I need to hear the issues. How many times you don't heard them? You know the issues. Yeah. You know the platform. They don't say what they're gonna say. You know what it is. If you want to vote for Trump or not vote, say that. But stop acting like you need these debates to inform you of what's going on. Because it's neither one of them debates will have you informed of being like, okay, I know strongly. I'm gonna. You knew who you was gonna vote for. Yeah. Before these debates happen, like these debates are just for show. But so that's I agree. how I feel about it. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I mean, before I watched the debate, I knew I was for the Harris. I mean, for the Biden Harris ticket. Right. And after I'm still for the Biden Harris ticket, um, I you know with Kamala's debate, I do feel as though that she was. I feel like she did a phenomenal job. Actually, um, I feel like she was firm enough. I, it, it's just different. Like I had this conversation with my mother. Mm-hmm. We were talking. Like being a black woman is is so hard. Absolutely, because she literally had to balance being firm. With being still being pleasant, but not being too nice, but then being firm enough, but not coming off as angry mm-hmm. because you don't want to feed into the angry black woman narrative. So I take my hat off to her, you know, for doing, you know, the job that she did. Um, I like how the dynamic between her and Biden is. I feel like Biden, what he comes off is like more level headed, not level, but more like, I guess, cool or calm. But then Kamala, she's more like the sassy, the feisty, in your face is going to hold you accountable to what you're saying. Like she was checking. She was checking. She was checking. She was checking the fuck out of. Um, she was checking the fuck out of Pence last night. That's how I feel about Excuse it. Excuse me. I'm, I'm speaking. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? I was like, I, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, she, excuse I'm me, speaking. Mr. Vice President, okay. I'm speaking. Okay. Yeah, like, she was really checking the fuck out of him. And I, and I also appreciate the fact that when Pence was going into his spiel or whatever, and then it was her, for her time to speak, and then the moderator was trying to cut her off. She was like, no, you allowed him to have more time, allow me to have this, you know, the same amount of time as well. And to your point, Eli, Pence was not answering any of the questions. When they asked him about Breonna Taylor, about the white supremacists, it was literally like a merry-go-round. He was literally playing ring around the fucking Rosie about the issues. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, honestly cannot understand how any black person, any black person, can sit up and support a Trump-Pence ticket. They are not for black people. They are not for us. And so for people to come up with these theories to try to combat and be like, oh, Kamala and, and Joe aren't this and aren't that, are you living right now? Are you seeing what Trump is doing? If this man gets elected for another four years, we are in some shit. We are in some shit. The person who gets elected this time, hopefully it's um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They're literally going to have to play clean up because of the fuckery that Trump has done. 
What you think, Kayla? Y'all know not to ask me about no politics. Girl, why not? <laughs> But no, Kayla, just, what? Right. Kayla, to chime in, but I'll Why go in. Why always me to chime in? Because you're on a podcast, you need to talk. Like, I got you. Oh, I, is, is you voting for Trump? Tag me in. No. I got you. I got oh. you. I'm going to tag in real quick because it was something I wanted to say. <laughs> Let so, you tag so, <laughs> so to to your point, Kamala did a, an excellent job in terms of debating. Like In terms of like how you debate, she, mm-hmm. did a, she did a phenomenal job, absolutely, with all the depressions of being on her. The thing that bothered me was just like in the last debate is, can we get the moderators to do their damn job? Yeah. The moderator did a terrible job. She continued, even though she did a little bit of something, Pence still kept talking over his time and being disrespectful and doing all that other shit, right? But to to speak to your last point around, like the Trump folks and all those other folks, unfortunately, another brother was killed last week. A brother by the name of Jonathan Price. Brother by Jonathan Price in Texas was trying to was trying to break up a fight and the police shot and killed him. They killed him. They tased him. And then they shot him. They shot him twice in the chest. He died, like, not far from his house. His mother seen it. The full nine wouldn't even allow her to go over there to console her son as her son is literally bleeding and dying out. And he was one of those folks where, right, like, I just I just wanted to be clear. Like, I don't want anyone to lose their lives, right? Like, be clear on that. Right. Like, I'm, I feel for that brother and I feel for his family. But he was one of those folks. He was going against Black Lives Matter, talking about he's pro-cop, and that wow. he never had no issues with no cops, and all this stuff that y'all be talking about with them cops, it ain't never affected him. But when it came down to it, do you think they was like, oh, yeah, he was the one on our side. He was tweeting He's one us. of the good guys. He was one of the good Facebook. Like, y'all have, y'all, I can't implore y'all enough, stop trying to be this quote-unquote exceptional Negro, because even the exceptional Negro gets killed. Because at the end of the day, a nigga is still a nigga, is still a nigga, is still a nigga. They ain't going to never look at you no different. I don't care how many white people you sleep with, how many of them you fucking marry. I don't care how many you uphold and do any of this shit. They do not see your humanity. They will never value you, and they will never respect you on the level that you're looking for. So I get it. You want that white validation? We've been ingrained to want white validation our entire lives, right? We always have wanted white validation. And the thing that I'm going to tell you is free yourself, free yourself from that nonsense, and understand what time it is. I get it. We all choose our roles in terms of how we want to survive, but I'm going to tell you now, it's a losing fight. Because when it comes down to it, they're not going to ride with you the way you ride with them. And I'll just leave it at that. That's well said, brother. I mean, because it is what it is. It is what it is. All right, y'all, so <laughs> back to the topic. So since I uh, have to talk about some politics, um, I just want to talk about, so like I was watching the tweets in reference to the debate because y'all know I don't be watching none of that stuff. But it was interesting for me to see like how many people were saying like, you know, when Kamala had said that she was speaking, that people were calling her like aggressive and all these other words, and it's just like she was just being assertive because she was speaking, it was her turn, and she was being cut off, and it wasn't really, like, a fair opportunity for her, and that just kind of, like, tied into, like, as a black woman, how we we lose our ability to get a, a point across because people are easily offended or we're seen as being aggressive when really, like, we're just being assertive. Like, we're not being aggressive. We're not being, like a bitch, like, we not being loud, we not being ghetto, we not doing no extra shit, we just trying to talk and get the point across, so that was kind of, like, interesting for me to see on social media, like, the white political analysts and all the people tweeting for, like, the news and the media talking about her, but they ain't say shit about Pence cutting her off or the moderator not having a backbone, like, none of that, it was all, it's always us, never them type shit, so... I don't know. How did y'all feel about that? I didn't like how, like, I seen some of the tweets. I forget who it was. Some white man called um, Kamala an insufferable bitch. <laughs> oh, man. Bless the heart. Yeah, like, it was a white man who said it. Damn. So, I didn't. <laughs> so, I didn't like that. I just feel like social media and stuff has given, like, these analysts and things like that, especially with Kamala being a black woman, it just feels like just giving them easy access to just, like, disrespect her trump 
you know, repeatedly called her a monster today after, you know, her, after the debate. So I just feel like it's already tough enough, you know, for her being a black woman, but for her being in the limelight, it's only going to be tougher. And I feel like Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. people, our people need to rally around her and support her because it's the disrespect is only going to keep coming, especially if they win. It's going to get worse. If they win. So it's just, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with your sentiments. Like it, it's always a battle with black women having to battle the whole angry black woman thing, not being able to speak their mind. Because if a black man, you know, was up there with the same attitude, it same, been same demeanor, it's fine. Oh yeah, it would have been like, Love yeah, it's good for him. Yeah, you do that. Good for him for putting his do. foot down. But when she's saying it, it's kind of like, Calm but down. it's only with black it's women okay. though. It's only like, with black women. It's only with black women. You wouldn't get that from any other race. Oh, like, no. if a white woman was up there being like, it's my turn to speak, they could be like, yeah, Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> good job. I'm so proud of her standing up for the women's rights movement. Mm-hmm. Bitch, no. Like, I'm actually glad she stood up and, did, yeah. and handled him the way she handled him because you can honestly do it. In a ve- and she did it very tactfully. It yeah. was tactful. It was very tactful. And white people I, are very easily intimidated. Yeah, they victimize by themselves. Yeah. They're so victimized. Like, and that's how it works. That deep. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's always gonna work. But it's like in the that's when we go back, 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 back and talk about like women's suffrage or like <laughs> voter rights and the women's rights and how it was always just for the white women. It was never for us. So now that mm-hmm. we have someone who is a black woman potentially about to take a huge seat for us. Like, how do we protect her and how do we, like, turn that into a thing with longevity? Like, you feel me? Like, I'm with you 110%. I mean, eventually they're just going to have to accept it. That's just the bottom damn line. But, but it, the, it, the battle is accepting it. That's the battle. But then it's well, like, not for us. How does course, that change our narrative outside the White House, though? Like, in relationships. You it, have a black woman be, vice president. I mean, they even attack so, Michelle Obama. They still attack her, and she's not even in the seat. I mean, she's not even in her position. She was, yeah, she, yeah, she's first lady. So I don't think it, it's ever going to cease. It's just something that is continually just, I don't know. Yeah, some Me things I just, I just think it ain't never going to end. Yeah, some things I feel like it'll be better if we can educate people on it, but it's still going to be those narratives. Just White people are always going to come up with something. To benefit them, mm-hmm, did you? Because mm-hmm. like in the beginning of the debate, you could see how Pence was trying to like compliment her and be real nice. Yeah, and then try turn, to bait her in, yeah. and then turn only to be an asshole. You mm-hmm, know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why that's so he could look. So he th- th- that that was on purpose. So they could be like, oh, he did nothing but respect her. He gave her her props. Blah blah blah. I don't only want be no an asshole from white people. I don't want not a damn one. Please. Don't compliment me. That's why that fly sat on that man's head so long. Because <laughs> he's a piece of fucking shit. It was there shit. for a long, it was a long time. I literally, it was, it was I looked at one moment where I just stared at the fly and was like, no, when did I looked at it and <laughs> I got up and went to my TV because I wanted to make sure it wasn't on my TV. I really <laughs> thought, I was like, <laughs> I was like, is this on my TV? I, was, I, no, no, I really went up to my TV and tap. I was like, maybe it's my TV. But then I saw people tweeting shit, about it. I was like, okay. That shit sat there for a long time. Shout out to Matter of fact, fly. I've never known a fly to sit on something that long. No. Usually yeah. Yeah. Especially go. when you moving. Yeah. But you know, they smell weird. And he probably do have COVID, like you said. <laughs> and so he got a stench, probably. You know, you, you know they don't bathe every day. You know yeah, what? they don't. It's, it's too they cold. don't. They have a very We turn this into smell. a... a <laughs> Oh my God. Hashtag, how do white people smell? <laughs> like hot dog water. Wet okay. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> wet, it's the wet dog, but it's also the cold hot dog water. Yeah. With the grease floaties. Wait. So huh? you were trying to bring in like the the whole like narrative with black women, I guess not being submissive enough or whatever. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's what I was like starting to get into. Like, um, cause it made me think about the Jeannie Mae and Jeezy thing mm-hmm. when she was talking about submission, but it was like, you know, if we, when we have a black woman in such a high seat, what does that do for us as black women in the household and in the community? And cause we've always had a great role. We've always had a high role, but then it's like, you have shit like that also circulating in the media where she's talking about submission to her husband, mm-hmm. a black man, but she's not a black woman. Mm-hmm. But if we we don't have that, we don't have those conversations about positive submission as mm-hmm. black women 
in partnerships or marriages and yeah, relationships I feel like with black the, men. I feel like just as a whole in the black community, once we say, once a woman even say the word submission, it's like, girl, no the hell you didn't just say that. Uh, it's like, yeah. I'm man, what the fuck you submitting for? Is he submitting the money for the bills? Like, it's always some like, <laughs> Submission crazy has, shit. Am I lying? No, submission has a negative connotation yeah, behind like, it. It really does. Then you have the forthcoming men that come and say, Well, you know, you're supposed to submit, like, you know, and then they start quoting the like Bible. a crazy ass Bible verse. And then you be like, Oh, baby, no, let's not do that because you got like five different But see, niggas, niggas be forgetting that you have to be fit. A fit man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In order like, for a woman to submit around. to you. So that's it, the shit that they forget. Like, so, men are like, Oh, it says in the Bible, but you have to be. A fit man to be able for a woman to submit to. You oh, can't yeah. be out here yeah, ripping and running the motherfucking street doing shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm doing all crazy, crazy shit and expect a woman to submit to you. <laughs> I, you have to be worth being I mean, submitted but to. Like, but I feel like as, to as far but as what Kayla is as far as a power stance, I feel like yeah, women of of African American women can submit. But I mean, because at the end of the day, you do want to come home and your man is the provider or nurturer or what's the provider, what protector, whatever. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we have a lot on our damn plates anyway. Let's just be serious. Now, what is on that plate? I don't necessarily know because different strokes for different folks. But you still want to come home and have a man at least take responsibility for some shit. Now, you might not totally agree with the shit he doing, but. So on a day to day, when he when you come home as a woman who run your own business, like she was talking about. But again, let's keep in mind she's not a black woman. I'm not. She is not a black woman. She is not a black woman. (laughs) She's not a black woman. So it's like she's like, oh, I just want to come home, and this is that and the third. But it's like that was so generalized. Day to day, when you come home, like what is submission? Would when you come home to a man or to your husband or whatever he is, like what is submission? You walk in. The garbage being taken out. You want to you want to walk in and cook that nigga a meal after you've been at work all day. Like, what is submission to a black woman in power? Well, well what's submission to you? Kamala what? has a white husband, by the way. Yeah, she has a white man. So <laughs> that threw me that threw me <laughs> off for a little bit. I was like, wait. I mean, it's a good little power step. I mean, power move, can, I mean, can you put that under the teamwork umbrella? Look, I'm a teamwork kind of girl. I, I, like you, you don't believe in all that so submission stuff. So what's submission stuff? for you? What, what do you do? do you okay, though. Jenna? Do you believe in submitting to your man if he's worth being? If he's a worthy man, do you believe Ooh. in it? Man, that's what I said. Can we just put that under the teamwork umbrella? Okay. Eli, what what's your stance on submission Don't as far as women are concerned? Sitting next to me. Pull up, pull up. I'm gonna slap the shit out of you. Nobody gonna say nothing. Wow, relax. <laughs> um, so I mean, I feel like it's a very, I feel like historically, we've got to put it into context around like the whole submission thing, right? Mm-hmm. I How think, far back we going? We, we don't have to go. About, we don't have to go. We don't have to go too far. Adam back. and Eve submission. No, no, no. no. Since, we, since about, we're talking about history, let's talk about it. So like, remember the comment said that last night. <laughs> Because no. you know there was Lilith. Nah, we ain't listen. I'm, no, I, ain't, no. I ain't nobody. I ain't even <laughs> say I was gonna go. do all that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just simply saying in terms of how the the family structure has been like since since enslavement, right? Like mm-hmm. there's been this whole thing around like women having to submit and do all these other things. And I think the reason it has such a negative conversation is because of the history that we've seen. Whereas mm-hmm. like. You seen your grandmother put up with your granddaddy bullshit and she mm-hmm. and her great grand like all that bullshit, right? Because I think the one thing that as black men that you have to understand is that like and I think Fences did a good job of highlighting it where it was like the same bullshit that you be going through, my nigga, she's also going through. And in a lot of cases it's it's more because you don't have the privilege of patriarchy. Like as a black male, I understand the privilege mm-hmm. that I have a patriarchy. I understand how I'm gonna be addressed when I walk into a room. I understand all these different things that I have that black women don't have to, right? Like we both have to deal with race, right? But they have to deal with race and being a woman, right? And mm-hmm. then depending on whatever our financial situation, there's that piece too, right? So it's all three. And like when you really think about it, like when you think about like what our what our country was founded on, it's almost it's it's founded on like the antithesis of a black woman. Like it's about making sure that black women are like are at the bottom, that they are the most oppressed. When you look at terms of like earnings, black women earn the less. They have the less they have the less likely to be able to get resources, even though they're the most educated. Even though they're the most like right, all these different things. You think about all the different tropes that are pushed upon black women. Black women have to constantly be strong, right? You think about 
um, the sister, um, Henrietta Lacks, who they use all of her shit without her. And they you still, know, using, what, her still using her shit to this day, right? Without her thing, where it's like black women have a higher threshold of pain, which isn't true. But now, but because of that ideology, now black women are more likely to die now for giving birth than they were 200, almost some years ago during yep. slavery and all these other things. Giving birth in a shack. Right? So it's <laughs> like, we've, we've, we've got we've to acknowledge the the trauma and all the different things that black women go through, like as black men. And I think the conversation around like submission looks different in every household. I don't think you can be a stickler and be like, Oh, what well, the Bible says, blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, because people pick and choose, people pick and choose, like you pick and choose what things you want to uplift and the other things that you want to kind of throw away. So true. it's easy for you to mm-hmm. be like, Oh, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. Right. And it's like, Let's not do that because that's literally what white people do to us all the motherfucking time. It, so my thing yeah. is, like, let's not perpetuate the same things that we have and try to change the face of oppression, right? Like, my thing is, you shouldn't, your goal as a black man shouldn't be equal to an old rich white man. That should not be your fucking goal, right? And I think for a lot of dudes, like, they have to check themselves because that's what, like, I be talking to niggas like, that's what they want to, you want to aspire to be like, this piece of shit? Like, mm-hmm. I, I hold myself to a higher standard and I know that the woman I'm dealing with is going to hold me to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I'm not, my goal is not to be like this rich white man. My goal is for, for me to be liberated and liberation for me means that the black woman also needs to be liberated. Whenever things get better for black women, they get better for everybody. That's just historically. Those are facts. You can look it up. It's the truth. So it's like if you want to get to the level that you want to get to, help the person that's there in the trenches with you mm-hmm. that understands the fight better than better than some of these niggas understand it if we keep it in the book. Sometimes the realest person on your team is your woman every single time. Oh, right? That's, so a, that's we, a fucking fact. If we that's just a keep fact. it in the book. So it's like, so it's like we've got to stop. We've got to stop. With our own internal stuff, there's a lot of internal stuff that we've got to work through, like where white people tell us this is a good being a good Negro and this is being a bad Negro. We got to disregard all that yeah. shit. I don't give a fuck when they give me props. I don't give a fuck when they hating. They can keep yeah, all of it. I, I don't I, you want can't white people to any accolades of that. You can't all. ascribe to any of that. And that, method- yeah. and that methodology, though, that white methodology is the big problem. Like That's why we can't have nuanced conversations because we're always coming at things from how white people view those topics. That's why we can't mm-hmm. talk about submission. That's why niggas spend years and years talking about $40 dates and shit like that. And Just, I, I feel like it was very, like, not necessarily ignorant would be a fucked up word to use, but I feel like Jeannie was kind of on some, like, you don't understand a black woman's view on what it means right. how big it is for us to submit mm-hmm. to a man and actually admit to it like right. that's a big deal in our community so it's like you you don't really find too many black women being able like if she didn't work if she wanted to retire if she wanted to quit i'm sure jesus would be like oh, okay cool stay your ass at home lay down and fuck cool right. but if he was with a black woman it wouldn't be that shit because now we gold diggers we bitches we hoes we just there for the money like the whole narrative switches when it's no longer a black woman mm-hmm. so i feel like it was not in good taste for Absolutely her to not. talk about because she can be what carefree. submission is yeah because you she can, can be, be carefree. carefree you're not a black, black woman. woman don't get the burden he's a rapper carefree. that has downed us like i think jeezy fine but he a rapper that has talked shit about black women and bitches and hoes and all this shit. So it's like for you to talk about submission and what submission is to you and all that shit, we can't we can't relate. Can't have that conversation. I can't we have relate to, to you. We have to submit as black people. Like we have to submit as a whole to white supremacy every fucking day, whether yeah. we want to or not. If you mm-hmm. want to survive, we have to submit to like capitalism every fucking day if we want to survive. And then like I'm not a I'm not a woman, so I don't have to submit. To patriarchy. Patriarchy makes rules for me. I understand there's a way I have to navigate it. Right. But I don't have to submit to it. So you're already, black women are submitting to patriarchy. Right. They're submitting to capitalism. Right. And they're submitting to white supremacy. And then you want them to come home to submit to you. Conversations need to be had because there's already a lot of forceful submission that is happening. Right. So if the submission is going to happen this time. It needs to be a conversation in terms of right. what submission looks like for us in our relationship. Right. Because and we all submit to one another to a certain extent if we're keeping the buck. Like if absolutely. I'm working too, right? If I'm working too, what what's submission? Yeah, that's why I said. If I'm if I'm working too, like what is submission to me? And they also said that when women submit, I saw on Twitter tweets where they were saying that. The women hold all the cards when they, I don't want to say when they submit, but they were like, a woman in the relationship holds all the cards. That, but that also, like, submission calls for allowance. Like, you have to be able to allow your partner to submit. You have to be able to say, oh, all right. Okay, you could do this. That's fine. And then you got to be like, oh, yeah, that is fine. But what, what are we going to submit to if I'm always right? 
in situations. If I'm an assertive person or I'm the aggressor mm-hmm. or I'm like, I'm right, this is wrong, this is how we're going to do it, this is how we should do it, and you know I have a good track record, me personally, for being right. Where's, where's the submission? Oh, for myself. I'm speaking for myself because it's like, but I'm just going into like her. I've watched multiple interviews with her and I know that she's mm-hmm. a Capricorn. So it's like, I understand that whole headstrong thing. I'm independent. Mm-hmm. I don't need no man to do shit for me. But when you get one, you be like, oh, great. Okay, I'll do it. Y'all have seen me in relationships. I'll mm-hmm. be like, okay, great. But when I'm not in a relationship, I hate niggas. Like, I hate men. Like, you, you. <laughs> You bow down to me, you submit to me, <laughs> but like the narrative changes when you get into one, but it's just like if we come to an agreement as a whole, like how does that affect everything down the line? Like yeah. that's when the, that's how I was tying politics into it because it's like it affects everything mm-hmm. down the line. When you have a woman up here, people don't want to submit to a woman. People don't want to think that she's right. That's, power struggle. That, that's right. why that's why Hillary didn't win. That's why white women didn't vote for Hillary. Hillary didn't win because white women ain't shit. Let's be clear. Let, let's be very let's fucking be clear. Let's be very look, fucking I clear. I went and looked at the numbers. I went and looked at the numbers. Black, women, black women voted for Hillary at a 92% clip nationally. Black men were at about 84%. Mm-hmm. White women nationally were at 40 was it 47? 47-48% for Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton. So they either stayed the fuck home or they or they voted for, for Trump. Trump. Because fifty three percent of them voted for Trump. Hillary's so homegirls let about, her down, right? Because white women, because white women uphold white supremacy and they make deals with white supremacy all the time. They like to act like they're under the the gaze of like, oh, I'm oppressed too. No, the fuck you're not. You set up this system. You're with, not oppressed. If you your set up this system. Not. You set up the system. I make the argument that white women set up the whole system in general to make it look like the, the white men. Like they do a lot of shit, but like we know white men, they ain't really that smart. They stupid. They're dumb. <laughs> white women are dumb too, but they're conniving. They're sneaky. They do mm-hmm. all these other things. A lot of them are Their way more smarter. Their submission gets them money. There's white just a lot of more smarter. submission gets them alimony. Right? Yep. Like their their whole game is every single time when we look at something historically, we talk about women's suffrage. We talk about white women constantly go to the table and renegotiate we the deal that they've made in white supremacy. <laughs> they are not by any means oppressed by white supremacy. Right? The deals like if you ever seen if y'all ever seen Handmaid's Tale. If you've ever seen Handmaid's Tale, when they set up, remember when they set up the system mm-hmm. and the white woman was going around and da, 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 and then when the shit started applying to her, she was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. that ain't what I signed up for." But uh-uh. you help, but you help set up the system. But you help set up the system, and it's a, it's the same to me. It's the exact same way that we have here now. Mm-hmm. White women love to play the victim because it's easy for them to da 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 da. da but they know, right? Like they love to play the victim, but they're always the most aggressive motherfucking ones. It's always like the, aggressive. The, the pro wait, choice, wait but then never mind. It's the pro-choice, but wait a second. Pro-choice, but hold on. The heartbeat, uh, like, it's always, ma'am. They always, they're always throwing the rock and hiding their head. Because we wasn't mm-hmm. taking no babies out on the table. We was just giving you a little little something to drink and the baby out. And the ba- Right? Like, it's a lot of stuff. In the shed. Come to the back. Come it's, drink this tea. And, and your baby good. gone. You good. Right. But now white women getting involved. You got all types of shit. And now you have a whole motherfucking abortion movement. You got people protesting. Well, you know why that you like, know why that movement is for, right? Like, because we're looking at national averages. White people grow nationally. Like this is what happened in, in the census and stuff, why all this stuff matters. Nationally, white people should be going at a clip at about eight percent every ten years. They're growing at four percent. Black people at about twelve percent. Latino people at about twenty five percent. Don't you think it's crazy that COVID is happening during a census year? Hmm. And now it's harder for the census people to have access to all of these people in their homes because of the restrictions of social distancing and guidelines mm-hmm. and COVID. And so many people have been dead from mm-hmm. this pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can't even count them on this census because you They're wasn't going. at home when exactly. I came to do your census, and right. I didn't know where you was at, and now you dead. So exactly, but like, that's the census is what the reason you see all them moving and doing all the gerrymandering and stuff like that because the census lets them know where they're at in power. The reason these white people have been so upset, in particular rich white people, because they see poor white people coming out and supporting black people. Right? It's very similar to like people talk about. Um, John John Brown's rebellion or like the Harper's Ferry rebellion where poor white people and black people working together rich white people have always wanted poor white people to see us as the enemy even though they've always been the enemy they're the ones that come up with all the names cracker 
uh, uh, white trash, all that. Like, think about it. These mm-hmm. aren't names that we came up I with. I never heard, we heard white them, trash until we I heard them from people. rich white people. Rich white people come up with the monikers for everybody. They came up with all the names for us. They come up with the names for everybody because they're the ones that run this system. So the thing is, they've always wanted poor white people to feel like we're the enemy, and they've seen themselves losing grip. So they've doubled down in these last few years to try to yeah. get white people to see like. Because if you go back and look at it historically. Being white in this country wasn't even a thing until the civil rights era happened. Go back mm-hmm. and look at old clips, and there's literally an old clip that I like to watch where it shows this interview going around. It's like, what does it mean to you to be white in America? And they're all just dr- blank faces. Blank faces like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. Because they were all broken up, too. They were all broken up, too. When you go over there to Europe, ain't none of them getting along. You go to the United Kingdom, which is England, Wales, Ireland, all those different folks, they've been fighting their entire lives. Mm-hmm. They've never been once unified. Even in the United Kingdom, they're supposed to be unified, and they're not. They fought each other. They've never liked each other. So this whole whiteness thing is a new thing, phenomenon, that has happened in the last 60 or so years in order to oppress us. They weren't, they weren't seen as that. They weren't white before this. They were Polic. They were Russian. They were, they were all the different. They were Slavic. They were all these different <laughs> things, right? But now all of them are white. Mm-hmm. All of them are white now, right? So they've done a good job of consolidating it, but it's not a real thing. It, it it has no value. That's a very interesting take because then that comes into like us being regular black or African American, but us claiming that we African American and we we hang out with our Nigerian friends, they'd be like, "No, you're not." Right? Because they've taught them <laughs> that. They've taught like, them that. So when they know. like how colonialism works, they they are, they've been all in the Caribbeans. They've been in those countries of Africa. They make us seem like we're this different, lazy black folks that we can't get anything right, and it's all this other shit. So that when those folks come over here, they yeah. want to separate themselves yeah. from us. And black people are looking at you like, if you only knew what you was really in store for, these people don't fuck with you like that. Like at all. we, it's gonna be us, bro. Like they don't give a fuck. You better find you, those like, black right? friends. But a lot of them really believe in that. Mm-hmm. They believe in that mantra, right? Like I had friends that were from the islands and I know like I didn't understand all the stuff they were saying but their friends would be like yeah my mom don't want you here like you gotta leave such and such house because in Creole she was telling her like yeah mm -mm, these right or my Nigerian friends and they tell me like I knew like they would come and tell me like yeah such and such like my mom is tripping because you know you're African American right like they have taught other black people around the world that we're not shit that we're the reason that all the things are fucked up and then they get here and then they realize that it's not us. Mm-hmm. And they get here and they see that we're not the ones holding ourselves back. We've never like you give you give us an inch, we gon' listen, we make we make beautiful things out of nothing all of the fucking time. But that's what we that's do. That's us here. Right. Like that's I, you know, Makeda is she's from like straight mm-hmm. from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And then whereas like my grandfather was from Jamaica. He lived in the house. You know, I lived in the house with him, and then my grandmother is from Puerto Rico. So it's like I grew up in a house with people from the Caribbean. But they were pretty much Americanized because they had been here so long, you know. But when I met someone who had only been here five, six years versus, like, me growing up in a household with people who had migrated, I see the differences because it's like, shit, I grew up in a house. Like, I understand where you coming from, but, Mm -hmm. like, it ain't like that. Mm -hmm. There's a defense automatically. From them, mm-hmm. whereas like for me, like I, the defense is gone because my grandparents already done went through it. Like they they've migrated, they've had to go through racism, they've had to go through segregation, they've had to learn a second language in order to survive. Right. Whereas like you've only been here a few years, and it's like you not understanding like the or not even understanding, but like the cultural differences are huge mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. because you see a different light of Americanism. <laughs> right. Then we do from being here. Like it's that second generation shit whereas a first gen person who is also a millennial doesn't understand like the people we went to college from like mm-hmm. college with like we have so many people who we went to fam with or who went to colleges HBCUs that are black but they grew up in the house and their parents don't speak a lick of English. Mm-hmm. And it's like so you really are first gen learning like these cultural differences like it's a culture clash. Right. But you have to learn how to bond, like, with your other black people. Like, Absolutely. you gotta, you gotta be from Chicago and have you a friend from Duval. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be from New York and have you a friend from Chicago or California. Like, you gotta have those 
that click because right. at the end of the day, it's just us. It's just like, us. <laughs> like people don't get that. White people, they don't give a fuck if you from Russia or you from Poland or you from Canada or Antarctica, bitch, you white. Mm-hmm. We finna band together if this world finna end. They gonna band together. We gonna be like, uh-uh. Right. I mean, oh. but I feel like we do. I feel like we've been doing a good job of coming. Together. We've gotten better. I think we've, we've definitely gotten better. I mean, better. even I'll say even back then, right? I think so. I think because of what they were taught, I think there was some, you know, stuff from us too, right? Like I'm not like I'm from Florida, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I and I remember hearing about like Haitian Day and stuff for like the black people would literally beat up people from Haitian descent simply because they were Haitian, right? Like, no, that's a, that's a I real, didn't know. No, that's a real thing. No, no, no. That's no, a real, no, no, real, no. real deal. Where I I'm from, know. it was not so cool to be Haitian. I didn't yeah. know what a Haitian person was mm-hmm. or Haiti. Like, even, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was until I moved to Florida. Right. Like, I didn't at all. And I feel so ignorant saying that. But, like, when I moved to Florida and I was just like, mm-hmm. where are you from? Big Why thing. you don't like Jamaican people? Right. Where are you from? Same thing with like Domin- I knew what Dominicans were like. Yeah. I knew Cubans. I know black. No, right. You feel me? I know black. I know. I used to be like, wait a minute. Blacker than me. Yo, hair. Wait a minute. But <laughs> that was than me. Yeah, right. Absolutely. But like when I met people from Haiti, I'm like, well, where that's at? Mm-hmm. How do you know French? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in Detroit, well, right. Detroit, all the damn street names is French. Yeah. We don't know nobody that's Haitian. My last name French. Dumas. Nigga, I don't know nobody yeah. from Haiti. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know nobody from there. So it's yeah. just like we, it's different. Like we've been split up so bad. Yeah. We have. We have been split up it's so terrible. bad. Like, it's terrible. Truly. White supremacy makes us hate ourselves. And that's the, the, the biggest thing that you can do as a black person is learn to love yourself. And I mean all parts of yourself. Because I think what happens too is that as you're moving and you're navigating, you try to try to distance yourself. Like black people, like I, so I'll speak for myself. Like there were definitely certain things about myself that I was like, oh, I, they say I'm loud. Loud's not a good thing. Let me not be loud. Or they yeah. say I'm this. Let me not be this and this and that. And realizing that like you need to embrace all parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. Leaning into all of the things that they tell you that aren't good are the best parts of you. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. they try to down you and tell you that you too loud or you too aggressive or you too any of those things, you can't apply, you can't, apply any of that shit because when they turn around and be like oh you're so smart and oh you're so da, 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 right you, you can't, a gentle negro you can't, right you the can't token buy, black guy right <gasps> right because they're trying to figure mm-hmm. out they're trying to figure out how they can play you they want to know if they can play you by building you up yep. or they got to tear you down either way they're going to run one of those two games but and you shit. can't buy like, either one you're, 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 not like, smart. you're not you're not like them you're so different from Boom. them Ooh. you're Boom. completely different Ooh. from them Boom. you know how many times I got that shit and oh baby, like, you don't know them? me because I'm fired up and ready to motherfucking go. <laughs> I beat your ass and your daddy ass, so don't fucking play me. It's just so it's so weird, like big tone, right? It's big tone. Stop. <laughs> big tone from the D. Big tone. <laughs> uh-uh. Delaware. <laughs> Delaware's finest. Stand up. Hey, there. <laughs> See, you, like, see, on, you like to get me started. It's you every fucking time. I'm not playing with you tonight. It's me. I'm niggas. <laughs> I'm niggas. He's niggas. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. We all niggas. We all niggas. We all niggas. It's cool. And it's cool. because it's, it's cool. Like, unless you put a negative connotation to it. The thing that literally. I love being black. The one thing that I always like to hear is that the only thing that separates us is a boat stop. Hmm. Haitians, yep. Dominicans. I didn't Puerto hear that Ricans. until yeah. college. Yeah, that's yeah. the only thing. I heard it. It's a boat stop. Yeah. American history class. Everybody nigga. Yeah. Only thing that separates us is the boat stop. So, so get that shit right. Right. Straight up. I didn't start coming into like the whole black woman ordeal until like the tail end of high school. Mm-hmm. Like I was so caught up on being biracial. Ooh. And it was just you. like, I'm that's not, I'm not, I'm black. Like my daddy you. black. Yeah. My mama black. Like, uh-huh. you know, we just, but mm-hmm. it just that when 17 hit, I don't know what I watched. I watched something. It wasn't do the Hidden right thing. Colors. It I'm was playing. something. I know nah, that was that was freshman. So Ain't like, no cap though. No, like that, it was problematic moving forward, life, but it was good. It was a good documentary. Doctor like, Francis Press Wilson. Like, ISIS papers, right? There was the some ISIS stuff where I was like, was on there, but, but like, a lot of me at the tail end of high school, like, okay, I really don't blend in with these people. Mm-hmm. Like these white people are, uh, I'm not feeling it. Like I'm mm-hmm. a black woman, and then I think it was. 
it was definitely our junior year of high school. We had like um got like an email, like you know, you check your school mm-hmm, email. Mm-hmm. And it was like only a select few of us that got this email to go meet the theater teacher mm-hmm. during a planning period. Mm-hmm. So we go meet her and she's like, yeah, I thought you guys would be great to help us do the black history program this year. <laughs> it's me and seven other black people. Mm. That's how many black people was there. It wasn't seven people in the high school, but it was we was a token seven. Seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. The token yeah. seven. That was comfortable enough to with the white people. people with but the great to bring the rest of the black community in high school. And yeah. we was all in there like, well, I I got I got no classes with you. Um I know right. you're on the basketball team because we'd be at practice together. <laughs> um Right. I know you're the only other black person in journalism with me. Mm-hmm. But it's like we had to make and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> they just token us because we was also the same niggas that they ain't let sit for the PSAT Uh-oh. because mm-hmm. of tardies. Mm. Got it. So it's mm. just like it clicked then and there. Like, yeah, I had to sit in ISS for doing a paper on ebonics. <laughs> that's but that's how strong and that's when it clicked like the, these niggas is racist yeah the white supremacy is that strong wow. i think for me it clicked in middle school right like i was always one of those like you know national society all that yeah. other mm-hmm. shit or whatever and you know being naive thinking like oh okay you know i would get in trouble you know for a little you know middle school shit you know yeah. how niggas is doing but they would bring me down there and they'd be like you've got one more time we're gonna get rid of you you're a nuisance you're da-da-da. and i'm like i got 4.0 who is a nuisance? Like, right? Me? You better talk you to Billy, about? who got to leave to right. take his ADHD medication because we got chocolate during planning period, bitch. Right, and so like, so it was for me. No, I, <laughs> I felt that. I felt Trigger. that. Uh, I felt that for me in middle school. Middle school was the was the turning point for me because I went to kind of like an alternative elementary school. It was like yes. year round, so mm-hmm. it was kind of like hippie-ish, kind of like, you know, those type of white people. So they, it wasn't really all that yeah. bad. It was middle school though that I seen it. Like yeah. the scene, but I was like, "Oh, it don't matter how smart I am. No, it doesn't matter how athletically gifted I am. It doesn't matter any of these things that they prop me up and give me props for. Because when it comes down to it, when it comes to uh, passing judgment over something that I might have done as as a, as a child, they're not going to bring those things into consideration. They're going to see me as black, and they're going to punish me as such. They're going to make an example out of me." Because we're always the people they need to make an example out of, as opposed to my white counterparts. I got ISS for a Bob Marley shirt in ninth grade. I'm gonna get sat on my record. I'm gonna give my example, Uh and then we can wrap it up. My that whole yeah, we as one black people, Mm -hmm. white people. My shit ended in third grade (sighs) when I was eight years old. I came home from school. I was talking to my mom, and we were just having like a general conversation. And I was like, Mom, we're all the same. Blah, blah, blah. We good. We all the same. She said, no, you're not. That next day, I came home from school. Guess what I watched for the next how many ever days it was? Roots. She went and got Roots from the public library. <laughs> yes, mom. What's, year- mom. what's mom's name? Stephanie. Yes, yes mom, Mama. Stephanie. At Thank eight you. years old, I Get had to right. watch this series of Roots. And she was like, I want you to understand that it is okay to be, you know, friendly with white people, but she was like, as soon as you get above them, they're going to treat you differently. Oh, and you need I, to understand that. You might be talking to me about white people, I'd be like, no. She said, you are a black <laughs> man. She said, you are a black man and you need to recognize that. They and from that moment dudes. on. That's Come important. On, mom, like that's important. Straight like, up. We have to tell our kids that I don't let her buy white Barbie dolls. I don't give a fuck what nobody gonna that's say. That's huge. And, and that's friends, huge. family, social media, I don't give a fuck. In mm-hmm. the store. No, mm-hmm. you get a brown one. If they ain't got the brown one, you don't need it. Hello. And that's how we. Period. Life size Barbie dolls, black. Oh, can I get her a Barbie? Gotta be black. Gotta be brown. Mm-hmm. No, ma'am. Because no it matters. Ma'am. It matters. She sees it everywhere else. She be on YouTube seeing all these white kids. That's mm-hmm. what she want on YouTube channel. She'll and don't look like let her. me get started. You know, I live. We were the only black people to live on Main Street. My mother caused a fucking uproar. You know, Christmas time would have come to decorations. Y'all lived on Main Street. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all know historical references around Main Street around the world. Those are no. predominantly white streets. It's a big thing. Yeah, those cities. Main. That's why it's Main Street. Mm-hmm. She caused an uproar. My mom wasn't buying no motherfucking black Santa Claus and shit. Set up. I mean, white Santa Clauses. It oh, was no. nothing but black. I mean, mm. black mm-hmm. Santa Claus in the windows, outside, oh, statues and figures. Motherfuckers came up to the house. Why? Why? 
why is your Santa Claus, Claus black? My mom was like, the Santa Claus that come here and bring gifts ain't white. Right. It's a black man <laughs> buying this shit. My mom didn't play that shit. My mom don't play that bullshit. She's going to give it to you straight, raw, no chaser. And if you don't like it, fuck you. And that's just what it is. Mm-mm. Ain't no way. Shout out if to y'all Mom put, Right, shout <laughs> out. Because if y'all putting up Christmas trees and ornaments this year and not celebrating Kwanzaa, at least make sure your ornaments The figurines are black. black. <laughs> Hobby Lobby got them 40% off right now. They'll be 50% after Thanksgiving. But they got the, the life-size black Santa and his wife and mm-hmm. the angels and mm-hmm. the baby Jesus mm-hmm. all black. Mm. Wow. All black, everything. They had to come through because you know Hobby Lobby would be getting a bad rap. But right. what well, Eli? Thank yes. you for being here. Thank you for being As here. Always a pleasure. <laughs> a pleasure. A pleasure. We you bring the best out of us when you come. Oh, thank you. The best and the worst. Sounds, Don't say worst. <laughs> sounds right. <laughs> it's a, it's a combination. I'm about balance. I'm about balance. I'm about balance. You know what I'm saying? What's your uh? What's your sun moon rising? What is my what? Your sun moon rising. So my sun is Cancer. Uh, my moon is Sagittarius, okay. and my rising is Sagittarius. So. It's a lot of water and fire. That's balance. See, that's what me I mean. Me and Eli wow. have the same ones. We're ba- exactly like, the same. Literally, literally mm-hmm. the same. That is crazy. crazy. So yeah, but yeah, guys, we thank you for tuning in to Crown Conversation, the podcast. Again, thank you for supporting us each and every week. Yes. You guys have a great one, and we'll see you on social media. Peace. Peace.